You've entered the Networker Zone, the ultimate podcast for networkers in direct sales, network marketing, MLM, or any sales side hustle. You'll learn the skills for the how-to and the mindset to make it work. From the author of over 20 best-selling books and over 25 years in the business, here's your host, Keith Schreider. All right, today in the zone, I have another awesome networker. He is actually kind of partly retired in the business, and that's one of the reasons I want to bring him on to pick his brain as far as funding all the other cool stuff that he has going on up there in Dallas, Texas. This is Eric Eve. Eric, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me, Keith. Yeah, man, it's been a couple of years. We just uh, were talking about it. You know, things have uh, definitely turned to more. Uh, virtual or here on zoom love it uh, definitely want to hang back up with you next time i'm up in dallas but a lot has changed and i really want to kind of talk about your journey when you first got started because as a lot of people the business is great it may not be their final calling but it's able to give you a ton of money so you can fund other things whether it's another business whether it's another lifestyle whether it's just hang out and do nothing and go to Mavericks games like I've seen you do. You know, all that cool stuff here. But everybody wants to get to that point, but everybody has to start somewhere. So when you first started, was it just like magical? You just killed it right away and retired, or was there were some rough goings? Uh, total opposite. In fact, I got started uh, three weeks after graduating from high school, literally on oh. my 18th birthday. So my 18th birthday, I was a victim of a meeting, right? I was invited out to uh, <laughs> to the Marriott Hotel outside of Buffalo, New York in Amherst. Yeah. And uh, took a look at the industry. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I kind of had entrepreneurial goals throughout high school. had no idea uh, what I was going to do. Once I realized I was not equipped, tall enough to go to the NBA, I'm like, business is going to be for me. But didn't know what I want to do. I once heard it put this way, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So even though I was a victim of a meeting, I still wanted to be in entrepreneurship. So it was a perfect match. Didn't know what I was looking for. So got introduced to the service industry. That's where I started and transitioned later on into products. But got introduced to a service-based company, and it was tough. I mean, I got excited. I remember going home, going into the basement to my stepfather's office who's actually he was in the business already got on his phone using the sizzle claws getting everybody on probably 99 percent of people i got on family friends i mean i even had close friends at high school say hey cut that off so i was getting nobody <laughs> to get started but uh um, okay, well let's let's back up what were you saying to get him on the sizzle call man this is 19 years ago uh, probably all the wrong stuff no trained words at all like I learned from the the, the legendary Tom Big Schrader. I can't remember what I was saying. I just had excitement, and and I did get some. Ex- I did get some signups from the excitement, but I would say ninety nine percent of people was like not interested. I would say, "How did you listen to something real quick and put them on a sizzle call to listen to what the offer was?" And that, it it was brutal at first, but I kept going to events. I stayed going to weekly meetings, going to the conventions. Belief got stronger. I increased my skill set, and fast forward, I became a top producer in that company. In fact, I had the largest team uh, in my region 
uh, at the time. And when I resigned from that company, I was the youngest regional uh, manager in the entire company. So it took some time to get there, but we stuck it out. And that experience led me to doing very well in industry and to allow me to do the things I'm doing today. So, yeah. Wow. Well, that's interesting because normally, even if you have an entrepreneurial mindset, and a lot of people do at 18, they they don't know what they want to do. You got a a 99% people said no. (laughs) And I imagine if they got in, then they probably quit the next day, you know, that type of thing, because it was all built on hype. Like what changed besides obviously using trained words were like, was there like some sort of, was it just attending enough events that realize that it, there are people just like you and me, or was it that, a certain book it. or what, what popped? Cause most people would quit. Yeah. So for me, if it was not for the events, the live events, that's cause I was ready to quit. I won't for the, for the sake of privacy, I won't say who it was, but uh, of course, yeah. I'll never forget I almost quit like my first month I had a relative of mine I can say which relative but somebody who's known me since birth who uh you only get one of these relatives too so <laughs> were driving me to college I uh, with one of their best friends and it was a two-hour drive and they were telling me every reason not to do it never forget I was texting my mom yep even had was texting back then it cost a lot of money I said I don't know if I want to do this. And um, I almost quit in my first month. Almost quit. My God, it's, it's, not, it's not for me. But can't, um, went to the weekly meeting, which led to me going to a Super Saturday, which is where a leader comes in and there's more people there, which led to me going to a big convention, which was, I would say my first convention was like maybe a year in. That convention in Las Vegas, I think September, October 2005, I was 19 years old. That changed everything. That convention, I I was unstoppable from there. So the the big events is what did it for me. I can't say I was reading the books. I was listening to the tapes. I started doing that after the convention, reading the books. I've listened to the, the personal development, but that's what changed everything for me, being at the big event. Wow. Yep. Was it, I mean, obviously it was a while ago, <laughs> but I mean, do you remember what it was specifically or the timing was right or was it? Okay, uh, I see other people that have success, or was it something that just resonated, or were you just ready to go? It was people that I could relate to. It was people who mm. looked like me, who had my background, who talked like me, come from similar neighborhoods. I'm like, wow. I mean, these are these were young African Americans who were multi-billionaires. I mean, these were like college. I mean, I didn't drop out of college, but college dropouts, you know, athletes. I'm like, I've never seen that before. I mean. Well, in my community, I grew up on the east side of Buffalo, New York. Uh, people who were successful, they went to the NFL, they went to the NBA, they became an entertainer, or they were doing things that they got caught doing it, they were going to get the silver bracelets, if you know what I mean. Okay. They were street pharmacists, right? So <laughs> the, the people who, who had success making money, having homes, they were athletes, entertainers, or street pharmacists. I didn't have... Uh, business professionals as examples um, in my community. So going to my first conference, I was able to see people who look just like me, come from similar communities, do very, very well, had the homes, the lifestyle, the freedom. I'm like, okay, I can do this. So my belief went through the roof and, you know, we call it raising a bar where you raise your belief, it leads to your, your actions being increased, which leads to your results. 
And I got I eventually got the results. So a year in, I hit a top level in our company. And then sh- shortly after, I hit more top levels. And before you know it, it's, it's interesting. My first time getting recognized on a major I was living in Buffalo, New York. The first time I got recognized on a major stage was right here in Dallas at the American Airlines Center. 15,000 people just a few short years after, uh, you know, working with that company. But it was a big event seeing people just like me who let me know I can do it too. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. And yeah, that's why I said we just hit record because I know there's going to be something awesome <laughs> that, that you bring to the table. Yes, well, between those obviously big events and, you know, things have changed. You know, a lot of times some events are on Zoom and the only big events are, are in person, yeah, everything else. But at the time, did you start your own like local events, regional events? Did you plug into other events? Because obviously, yeah. events in any fashion, and you, your proof in the pudding is that. Hey, you're going to see people that you're like, whoa, if they can do it, I can do it type of thing. Yep. So, okay, that's a, it's a loaded question, but I'm going to answer, answer that for you. So, so what happened was, so I went away to college, only a couple hours away from home uh, for three years, college called Alfred State, I actually studying entrepreneurship there. It's interesting. I had, a lot of, I had a lot of business classes and none of my professors, with the exception to one. Never ran a business. Go figure. <laughs> I took oh. nutrition there. My nutrition uh, professor wasn't healthy. <laughs> Whole other conversation. <laughs> but, um, I mean, they had no receipts. So when I finished at Alfred State, I came back to Buffalo, went to Un- University of Buffalo, and I was plugging into my company's weekly meetings at the time. And at this particular point, this was May two- 2007, not even 21 yet, there was like a lack of leadership. There was like, the meetings were getting horrible. Nobody was showing up. So I caught my upline, or I like to call support team, mm-hmm. uh, in, in North Carolina, who's actually from Buffalo. I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. It's interesting. I got, I literally got forced into leadership. I had no go- no idea, no goals, no aspirations to put on events, to run events, to be the market leader. I just wanted to show up, plug in, bring guests. I just wanted to usher my people there, let the presenter preach. And I want to take home the offer, right? And he said to me, he said, uh, Eric, you want to have to do the meetings. I'm like, first of all, I'm still in college. I got to, I'm at UB now studying business. Again, no receipts of business professors make it happen in business. I'm not trying to do meetings. And I literally, Keith, got forced into uh, to running the meeting. So I had to study the presentation. And here I am. With my little college team, I'm teaching them to do the presentation. And we're in the front of the room, 19, 20 years old, doing the meeting. Then I started getting good at it. We started growing, expanding. We're like, had 100 college students in multiple colleges in Buffalo, New York. And that led to, to uh, let's was attracting big leaders in the company. So by default, I started putting on big events. And before you know it, I'm leading the Super Saturdays. Before you know it, like all the top earners in the company is coming to Buffalo, New York to support our meeting. So by the time they appointed me to be the regional manager, within six months, within eight months, we were the number three fastest producing region in the entire United States and Canada. Like crushing it. I actually never shared this, actually. This first time I'm hearing this 19 years later, I've actually never shared in this depth of the story. It started because I got forced into leadership. No plans of running the meeting. No plans of doing the Super Saturday. And he was like, hey, you got to do it. Meeting started growing, started doing big events. Then it led to me like doing 
big events outside of the industry. I started attracting professionals in multiple uh, industries, whether it was finance, relationships, uh, nutrition. And it led to me start doing big events in multiple, multiple industries where that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't happen had I not had the experience doing the events in, in this industry. So I love this profession. It's led to me doing a lot, a lot of great things. Hopefully I answered the question. No, that's cool. No, it's, it's all about a conversation. And I, you know, I was forced into leadership and I think pretty much every leader that I've either forced or known <laughs> outside of my team has always been some sort of force, whether it's intentional or just stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to me, it was a missing plane ticket, but that's, that's a, that's a whole nother story I can share on another episode. <laughs> but uh, back in the days where you had actual tickets, not these e-ticket things. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. First of all, I didn't realize that um, you're, you know, I guess uh, upper thirties now, but that's, that's awesome. You're taking care of yourself. That's great. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's been man. Nineteen years flew by fast. Well, yeah, and a lot of change. And but right now you're running your your own uh, company, and, that, and that's why I like is that people can use this business to supplement their income, to replace their income, to do yeah. other things. And I think that's once we open that up, like it doesn't have to be your be all end all, but right. baby, it you know make sure you're still taking care of it. And I realized that with now your your traditional business that you've started you still have events like you still find it important to have these like um i guess uh kind of it's not a meetup group what is it kind of like a um um like a networking event is that where you're kind of running networking events uh motivational conferences transformational conferences peak performance events i mean just in the past uh what's the these date just in the past 30 days, we put on uh, 10 events. Now, oh. some were virtual, but uh, yeah, many were in still. person. Yeah, we networking events. We did a, a relationship coaching event. We did personal development event on leadership. Um, so it's just, it's, it's spilled over into just doing incredible things in the event space. In fact, my first company, one of the top earners there, um, participated with a big event we just did here in Dallas. He flew in from uh, Georgia and did a, a major uh, piece on leadership, which was incredible. And so, yeah, we're doing events left and right out here, and we're just getting started. Like We're literally just getting started. <laughs> there you go. And the reason I, I bring it up is because so many people, they want to get back into events. You know, the virtual thing's great, and, you know, I didn't, feel like doing a four hour drive right now to, to, to talk to you. <laughs> I will later on in December. I'll, we'll talk to you after we hit, hit stop here on the, uh, on the recording. Cause I'll, I'll be up there, but you know, it, it's cool to be able to reach out to people, but people love that community uh, feel. Do you yes. find that people are, are excited and it's kind of like working out? Like, yeah, it's like the first step out the door is the hardest. Is that type of the thing or people come, I can, can see where people, it becomes addiction. Like, oh, okay. I remember how it felt to be at events. Do you see that where people are doing multiple events? You know, I want to do this type of event and that type of event. I want to attend all the events. Do you see that? Or do you see them bringing new people? Like what, what's the feeling out there? It's needed. I mean, of course we know the pandemic's a place, right? And like the world shut down and everything went to virtual, right? Zoom stock went through the roof. High tech is great, right? But there's nothing like high touch, which is the, the it's something that you cannot, you can't, you can't really capture 
the emotional aspect from a high tech standpoint. That happens at it's it's a hundred times more magnified when you have the high touch in the same person. So uh, people got used to the whole high tech, the virtual aspect, but now it it's pretty much getting, like you said. I'm, I'm, I was at the Mavs game a couple of days ago. I'll be there tomorrow night. Like it's accepted now. It's okay to, to do things in person. But from an event standpoint, uh, people are there. It's needed. They're like, okay, I need this. I, to be able to shake hands and look someone in their eye and, you know, the whole body language experience, it's 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 so necessary. And people want it. It's not it's not like pulling teeth. They come out, all right, when's the next one? Like we just did the event a few weeks ago, uh, downtown Dallas. Uh, we went out went out to to eat after went to a restaurant and you know, one of the guys came up, he said, Listen, when's the next one? You're in the networker zone with Keith Schreider. It's wanted, it's needed, and I just encourage those listening, viewing later on, like start tapping back into the the high touch aspect of networking, getting empowered. It's it's so critical, so important. Yeah, of course. And the reason I ask it, number one, it, it, it led to some really cool things that like you always schedule the next event. You always have the next event scheduled at the event. So people like Put it in their put it in their phone calendars. What's on their phone calendar? It's it's gold, uh, that type of thing, and, and people get excited about uh, things. So that's good. Always have the next event uh, planned, <laughs> which Absolutely. is pretty cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and you know it's interesting because I I've seen that you're hitting up a lot of Mavericks games. You got season tickets those, or you just go to a lot? Yeah, it's my third year of being a season ticket Ooh. holder to the Mavs. Yeah, third year. Yep. Soon as even kind of during the pandemic. So this is my third year being a season holder to the Mavs, and it would not be possible. Plug for the industry would not be possible if it wasn't for the industry. Like, yeah. wouldn't I? Wouldn't be able to do it. Wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, have that luxury had it not been for this profession that we we've grown to love. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool, and that that's an, that's another plug for events. Uh, you could watch NBA on TV. It is totally different in totally person. Different. There is an energy. <laughs> And I, I don't sit in the, it's not not to brag, I don't sit in the nosebleeds at all. I'm I'm a few rows behind the man's bench. So that's a, it's a different experience. But like we're not we're not in the three hundreds or the two hundreds. We're we're plaza level. In fact, I took my son to his first game a couple he's he'll be six months tomorrow. And I sent the pictures to my siblings uh the other day and they're like, man, he does not know how lucky he has it. Those seats are phenomenal. So yeah, if you're gonna be a season ticket holder, you like you got to at least do 200. You don't want to 300, 400. You, you, you might as well watch it at home, right? So I had to throw that in there. I had to throw that in there. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the industry. That's pretty cool. And, yeah, yeah. maybe I will schedule my my uh, my my training uh, schedule around the magazine. We'll have to hit stop and uh, hang out, and we'll talk about this here. That sounds Absolutely. good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I used to see a lot of uh, when I go up to Dallas, see a lot of Dallas Stars hockey games. Uh, that, that was my jam. But uh, NBA is, is still awesome uh, as well. Just a so Buffalo, New York doesn't have a basketball team, so I've grown to. I've actually always liked the Mavs, even when they won the championship with Dirk. <clears throat> but from a high, I go to one hockey game a year, but that's when the Buffalo Sabers come to town and yep. play, yep. play the Stars. So yeah, and it's it's accepted here to to wear. Saber jerseys and and visiting jerseys. We're we're good. Everyone's from somewhere else. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, you know, 
was there any book you know, besides the events are you a book person you're an audio person if, if yes, not, that's absolutely. cool too is there any books that you like really said okay this i really want people to get this concept or read this book or any books that you kind of recommend hands down the number one book well let me stop for those who those who have to create results those who have to deal with people those who I try not to use the word sales because um, I don't even consider myself a salesperson. I consider myself a visionary. And if I'm bought into the vision, anybody, if you're bought into the vision, you can get anyone to follow. But the, if you had to make a transaction happen where somebody has to purchase a product or service, um, have to if you have to lead, you have to influence people, you have to just deal with people. You have to get people to like you. The number one book I recommend, it is my favorite book, it's How to Influence and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. That book changed my life. That, when I read the book, and I don't want to, not sure how far I want to go into this story, but when I read that book, I actually had it for three years before I read it. I wasn't even reading it to get better at business. I had just went through my first and only really breakup. And I'm like, man, I got to change to my life because this, this, this sucks. Like this, this state I'm in right now, um, college student, couldn't focus on school. And I read that book out of need just to get better at dealing with people. And it just spilled over into just being effective in business. I mean, my relationships with my college professors, my team, it's life-changing. In fact, I'm going to read that book again. I'm glad I, I'm glad you asked that question because I got to revisit that book. But hands down, number one book I recommend. All the, I love all the Maxwell books, the Kiyosaki books, great stuff. Um, the Brian Traces of the world, all great stuff. But how do I influence influence people? Number one book, bar none, in my opinion. Uh, that's interesting. That was uh, one of my top ten when I first started building my business. It's behind me. I talked about it yesterday in my master class. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I got the old school one where the the papers like got that brown tint to it. You know, yep. same here, <laughs> same here. Yep, I have the same one. <laughs> <laughs> Underline stuff. It it bleeds through. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Same book. Yeah, you know, and I, I gotta revisit that book for sure. Yeah, let's let's talk about one of the topics because like to me, I always say open open up the book right away. At least get something out of the book that you paid for, and then it hopefully it gets you it just you know, one of the topics was just like repeating people's name, not not to be salesy and, and inauthentic, but just people's names. People yep. just forget about that stuff. Like yep. um, you know, was there any other topic, you know, just a base one that's off the top of your head that you're like, okay that helped or is it just all just went internally and you just do it automatically? Was there anything else that like stood you, out? You really just said the one I was thinking about, like, cause I was that guy. It, I, I find myself even to this day, they call me a master networker, even though like I, I'm somewhat introverted. They, that's what they really call me like all over the place. You know how to network with everybody. And because I'm just so, I'm always meeting people. Uh, it's, it's interesting. You can meet somebody and, Instantly forget their name. So that's a big piece that uh, that Carnegie talked about in that book. When I meet someone, finding ways to say their name in conversation. Because that's everybody's everybody's favorite word. It's their own name, right? So that, it sounds so simple, but you, you'd be amazed in utilizing that skill set, what that would do. I mean, people will love you, and they don't even realize they love you. But I just talked for 10 minutes and you found a way to say, hey, Keith, Keith, tell me more about your family. Tell me more about 
What, hey, Keith, what, what brought you to Houston? Oh, really? All right. Just, it seems it's so natural. They don't realize that you're doing it. And y'all have only talked for 10, 15 minutes. And they're like, you've gone. They're like, man, they've met 10 other people at this event, but they're going to remember you just because you said their name 10, 15 times in the conversation. So that's actually what I was thinking about right that. And then the other piece about you, you attract bees with honey, not vinegar. So when you're having um, conflict to figure out ways to have a sort of sweet approach as opposed to a, a rough approach. I mean, that, that book is just filled with so much wisdom. I mean, I had to revisit that book before 2023 ends, just even talking about that right now. I know I'm going to pick up um, a lot of gems. Think about the other piece. When um, I think it was Abraham Lincoln, who was upset with somebody, wrote a, a nasty letter and was about to send a letter to an enemy, wrote the letter, ready to send it out, and just wrote, got, got all the anger out, wrote it down, and threw it out. Didn't even send it. And everything was good. So you're releasing those emotions. If, you, if you're upset with somebody, you're ready to let them have it, cuss them out, whatever it may be. You might <laughs> write the text. I mean, we, we don't really write anymore. We text, you know, the high tech world now. So you might write up the email, but write it up, text it out. Get it out, get out your system and delete it. That you will avoid a lot of confrontation, conflicts, um, just unwanted situations. So now I'm starting to think about stuff in that book. That's that's so powerful. But yeah, the name piece, golden. Golden. See, kids, back in the day, we wanted to not send an email because email did not exist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, same thing. And and I've, I've caught myself too. Like I'll I'll uh, you could actually send an email, put their email address in the subject line, and it, you know, Matt, you, it'll never send, right? Because you have to like, okay, let me send this tomorrow. Okay, yeah, delete it. Yeah, it's all good. Yep. It's off your system. That's so cool. Wow, Eric. Yeah, this time flew, and yeah, I'll, I'll oh, wow. see if our schedules. Yeah, no, so, I know. I was to see if our schedules match up uh, in, in Dallas. Hey, maybe we'll record another episode uh, in person. All sorts of cool things. We'll hit. We'll hang out here after we hit uh, stop because I want to match up the schedule. Ooh. But before I let you go, um, as always, I got three bonus questions. Call it the lightning round, Mister Eric. Mention your name. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is one trait of a dream prospect? Just one thing is like, ooh, this is awesome. They're busy. Busy people get things done. Not the person who has nothing to do. Oh, you, you might think it's a perfect prospect because they're unemployed. <laughs> they're unemployed. They're they're home chilling. No, I want the person that's already busy because they know how to take advantage of the little bit of time that they, they do have. So I know a lot of people are probably not expecting an answer, but, but somebody's busy. That's cool. Yeah, they they tend to make things work when they're busy. People, yeah, people yeah. that have nothing to do, man, they don't do anything. No, they they ain't, yeah. they ain't ever gonna do anything. <laughs> yeah. And productive, busy too. Yes. You know, being being productive. I mean, you can be so busy being busy, you're going nowhere fast. I ain't, not, I'm not talking about the octopus and roller skates. I'm talking about the people who are actually productive with their their busy time. You mean reorganizing the desk? Does it count? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've heard all the excuses. It's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stay, same here. Same here. 
Oh, well. All right. And uh, question number two, I know you're from Buffalo. So what's your spice level on Buffalo wings? What are you looking at? The, the, the hottest. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, but they're not really known for like hot, like they're yeah. not really known for like wings that you can't stomach, but just the, the traditional Buffalo wings. So if I get, you got hot, medium and mild, I'm always getting hot. I'm not getting, uh, what's it called? I can't forget, remember the term, but some restaurants you go to where like you can only eat one. I'm not doing anything like that. That's pretty crazy. But I'm just going for the hot wings, man. Well, right. you got and you got to have good blue cheese. So we're here in Texas. They don't even know what that means. They do ranch out here, <laughs> but in Buffalo, <laughs> you got to have good blue cheese with the chunks in it. They make it there at the restaurant. So you got to have a good blue cheese too. Yeah, yeah. No, the blue cheese, the, the chunks is the most important part. Yeah, the ranch is. The viscosity of ranch, it needs to be thicker, I think. I think that's the issue with, with, with some, you know, yeah, that watery stuff ranches. is not, yeah. it's not the move. It's not the move. <laughs> yeah. I need to coat, coat the, the heat. Yes. Yeah, no waivers yeah. anymore for, uh, Absolutely. I'm too old for that. <laughs> no waivers to eat a hot wing. I want hot, but I want to be able to think. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, now, now we're really going to be hanging out. That's good stuff. But the last oh, one yeah. is definitely food related. Uh, it's very controversial. I know you've been in the Texas for how many years? About five. Five years. Okay, this can be very controversial. Then um, Tex-Mex or Texas barbecue? Uh, it's, I'm not sure if I'm going to be the one to give a good answer because I'm not. I've been to uh, in my five years here. I've been to a handful of. Tex-Mex restaurants and only really care for one or two. And right after moving here, I started practicing. So I was hanging out with this guy, uh, Tom Big Rider. He got a little bit of influence on me. So I started, I tried the vegetarian route, tried vegan, then vegetarian, then and then uh, pescatarian, then all right, a little bit of chicken, a little bit of lamb. And so it's been, let me see. It's been, in fact, next month, December 2023, will be five years I have not had beef or pork. So I, I haven't had barbecue here. I oh, haven't yeah. had like real barbecue. So I can't really answer that. I don't know if it's barbecue or text, but I don't, I don't really do either or. Yeah. And also a shout out to a couple, if, if you can find barbecue places that actually make their sides, um, I brought vegetarian friends that have eaten really amazing barbecue sides. The people that actually take care and you know use love instead of just opening up a can of junk. You know that's actually yeah. pretty cool. So but now I gotta really start being conscious of because people who, when they come visit, they're always asking. So those are the two places people want to know. They say, "I know Dallas is known for the barbecue. Where to go?" I'm like, "I don't know. I heard Pecan Pecan Lodge and this other place." But then people live here like. Those are our tourist spots. And then they always ask about Tex-Mex. I'm like, so I need to, I need to get my knowledge up on barbecue and Tex-Mex places out here. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta find the hidden gems that people talk about where they still make it with love, not just make it borderline fast food, make it with love. And as with anything in life. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Got some homework to do. 
Well, uh, let me ask you uh, one more bonus question now that you're here and you love obviously going back home. You know, there's a nostalgic to it, but you know, where are you looking to travel here in 2024? I'm actually not really looking forward to going back to back home anytime soon. Like it's about to get really cold here. Yeah. And the winters in Buffalo last like 10 months out of the year. Like it will literally snow up until May. And I've I've never experienced June, but I've heard it. It has snowed in June. So I'm not looking forward to that. So I'll be, so my wife, she's from California. So we'll be going out there. Um she's she has some contracts out there for work that she does. So I'll be going to the Bay Area at least once, if not twice. In 2024, uh, my wife and I actually will be because we're new. We're newlyweds, actually. Yeah. But we just we did something private privately, so we are looking to do something to celebrate with our not get married, but celebrate with our our loved ones. And Colombia is on the map. However, we had to adjust because she just got hired for a major job at the time we we're going to go. So we got to pivot that. So Colombia is definitely happening in 2024. But other than Columbia and uh, the Bay Area, I'm not sure, but I'll find myself on some someone's uh, air <laughs> some airline next year for sure. And uh, the Bills are probably not going to the Super Bowl, so I will not be um, at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I won't be at the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know the Bills could still make it. Uh, we'll find out here in the next couple of weeks. Could, it could be a wild card spot for you. That's a, that's a huge if. <laughs> there you go. But if they do, I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> awesome. We'll, we'll bring the chair. We'll bring the tables. There we go. <laughs> yes, indeed. Not, people Google that. There we go. <laughs> right, Buffalo Bills and tables. <laughs> awesome once again eric you know thank you so much for uh spending some time with us today and uh yeah look forward to uh seeing you in person as well as having you on a future episode Uh, thanks for having me and look forward uh, as well keith thank you as always this podcast is free the most important part is to turn these skills into action if this episode or any episode will benefit your team please share it with them And if you'd like to be the first to find out about upcoming weekly episodes, simply hit the plus follow subscribe button depends on your podcast platform, but more importantly, looking forward to sharing another episode next week. Thanks for visiting the networker zone to get awesome networking tips delivered directly to your inbox or for more information about books, audiobooks, online training, including Zooms and masterclasses, make sure and visit BigAlBooks.com.